Hey there, and welcome back to the SE Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey, and a very exciting episode today as I get the opportunity to chat with my friend, Craig Alexander, about his entrepreneurial journey and how he turned his passion of photography into a thriving business, specifically landscape photography. Today, we get to focus on Craig's journey and how he went from nothing to making multiple six figures in sales and how he uses Everbee to make it happen on Etsy. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee, and we believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions and live life on their own terms. We believe in making e-commerce accessible to everyone in the world and in using it to make a positive impact in our families and in our communities. Everbee is the business tool that helps Etsy sellers find winning products, gets more sales, and grow your business. And with Everbee, you'll quickly understand what people are searching for on Etsy and what they're buying on Etsy. So you can just give the customer exactly what they want to buy. And when you wonder where your listing is showing up in the Etsy search results, our rank tracker will show you where it's showing up exactly for the spe and specifically for which keyword. So you can understand what keywords are working for your listing and which are not. And when you have that fear of that dreaded Etsy suspension due to an accidental trademark infringement on your listing, Everbee will let you know. They'll show you. Our trademark monitor automatically scans all of your listings every single month in your shop to make sure that you know when there are any potential issues with your listings in regards to trademarks. It's a tool you guys need to be using to grow your Etsy business. Sign up for free. Everbee.io. Let's jump in. Craig, what's up, man? Hey, good to have you. Thank you so much. It's good to have you, man. Thank you for coming on. Seriously. Um, this is special, man. No, seriously. Like I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to have you on because you provide, uh, like a lot of value to your personal community, which we'll get into. Um, you're also a successful seller on Etsy and not just on Etsy, but just online in general. Um, and we have a lot of obviously Etsy sellers, but specifically like landscape photographer, artists, uh, yeah, just photography type of folks, right? Listen to the podcasts that are in our network and we haven't really brought them like a specialist, you know, to talk about that type of thing and how to actually make it a full-time living or even a part-time living, whatever it is, a living online, selling yeah. the thing that they're passionate about. So super excited to have you on, man. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. I've been watching your success and your expansion and how many people you help. And it's just really been inspiring. So uh, this is a beautiful meeting of minds at an opportune moment. So thank you. Totally, man. Cool. Well, um, I would love to like introduce you to the, to the audience. What, uh, yeah. tell us, tell us about Craig, like who are you and, and cool. how'd you get started? So, uh, I was born in Florida about 30 years ago and, uh, moved to Europe when I was moved to France, Switzerland, Italy, and Southern England oh. when I was nine and 10 years old. We kind of bounced around. That sounds luxurious and amazing. It was not, uh, I went to like 14 different schools before I was like 10 years old. It was crazy. Military family or what was it? Uh, no, my mom was a real estate agent or developer and mm -hmm. we just, she got remarried when I was like seven years old. So, uh, we moved to the South France for a few years and we're off to Italy and then Switzerland and we we're just moving for work. And then eventually I went to boarding school when I was like nine. So, uh, okay. got to learn a bunch of European languages. I speak three languages and, uh, just really let me see the world. And that ended up helping me a lot in business later on. Oh, I'm sure you, or you leverage that and to, to help you in, in business, right? Somehow you figured out a way to, to, you know. 100%. Yeah. So when I was like 17 years old, um, my parents actually went bankrupt and things got really kind of crummy and I had to leave the home because they couldn't really afford to keep me. So there's this like do or die moment, sink or swim, where I left home, went back to the United States where I'd been born 
and got a job working in interior design. And the thing with interior design is you're selling home goods. You're selling, you know, you're helping tens of thousands of families kind of put their homes together sure. uh, in a tasteful way. And part of that was selling artwork of other people's to, you know, wealthy folks who were hiring my interior design firm. And uh, I didn't own it at this point. I was just an employee. And I became, rapidly became a six-figure earner. I was making, you know, over $100,000 a year when I was about 20 years, 19, 20 years old. When I was in 2013, I sold my first of my own photographs as an artist to one of my clients. I kind of snuck one of my own pictures in instead of nice. Basically, people had asked, been asking, like, we're in Annapolis, Maryland, which is like right outside of Washington, D.C. Okay. And uh, they were like, hey, do you have anything of like the local historic town square where like the, you know, Declaration of Independence was like planned and like the, 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 the British, the British actually, uh, uh, surrendered in the American Revolution uh, and signed the papers. Mm -hmm. More local art, more local historical art. Yep. Yeah, so local historical art. And I took some really cool pictures at night with a camera, long exposure on a tripod. And I took a really cool picture of that. And I sold it 14 times in the first week of selling my own stuff. I got really excited. And I was like, um, I want to do this for a living. I had $2,000 in my account at that point. I just done some big investments. Took $2,000, quit my job, my six-figure job, and I went on the road and started doing art shows of my own, and I failed miserably for the next six and a half years. Crazy. Okay, hold on. We have to pause. Um, sister, <laughs> that's a lot there. So that's awesome. Yeah. So you're working as an interior job, as an uh, interior design firm, yep. as this is your full-time income. This is like your, a job, J-O-B, right? Yeah. 90 um, hours a week. I was working triple shifts. I loved it. And I was just working my butt off. And sure, you're young, you're enjoying it. Gear um, and all that stuff with, with the, with profit. Yeah. And you're getting commissions. So you, you know, you're, you're hustling, obviously like right away, we're seeing this like hustling type of mentality, like this entrepreneurial type of mentality, but you're in a job, but it's yep. like, you know, I was making 7% of top line. And so I knew I had a certain quota. I need to sell $30,000 a week, sure. 7% to, to make everything work out. Yeah. So this is like your first kind of touch of first taste of like success, probably from a business standpoint of like, okay, well, this is real money coming in. It was the first time where my inputs and outputs were correlated. So like the more I worked or the more clever I worked or, you know, the more I read business books to do a better job, the more money I took home, which meant more camera gear that I could invest in. So it was like mm -hmm. the first time. It wasn't just a flat paycheck. It was the first time where my intuitive inputs resulted in greater outputs. And that kind of set me free. Okay. So you got this like money, uh, you know, just a motivation, like you're kind of in business and taste, but you're also mixing with mixing this with, we didn't even talk about like really your creative side of like, you like to take pictures too. Is this, is this, I'm like, is it, was this a natural thing? Yeah. So I'll never forget. Um, I was eight years old. And we were driving back from Italy to the south of France. Uh, the, the French Riviera has some of the most stunning sunsets on earth. And there's this old Roman ruin called the Trophy of the Alps. Basically, when the Romans conquered ancient France, they built this huge monument uh, for, for conquering France. It's called the Trophy of the Alps. 2,000 years later, it's still there. And with the Trophy of the Alps in the foreground and then this like red, bright red sun it looked like something out of Star Wars. It was setting and the whole sky was orange and pink and gold and just spectacular mm. sunset and i remember jumping into the uh, we pulled over the side of the road to watch the sunset and i pulled this little canon power shot two megapixel camera out of the the middle console of the car i think it was my mom's camera or something and i was like wow i gotta capture this picture and i'll show my friends at school tomorrow it was like a sunday night i think and i took the picture and everything was black except for this like little red circle right in the middle mm. it was, like, super ugly i'm sure i'm sure anyone who's like taken a phone and like tried to take a picture like has experienced like 
Yeah. I remember asking my mom. Can do justice. Yeah, I, I, like, it doesn't do it justice. And I remember asking my mom, why isn't the picture on the back of my phone or on the back of this camera as good as real life? And she goes, um, you got to learn to be a professional photographer because professional photographers make it look as good as the actual scene or even better. Interesting. And I remember that struck me like a lightning bolt. And it wasn't like until another 10 years that I really developed that skill professionally. But um, when I was about 18, 19, when I had my own money, I started like collecting cameras and, you know, buying, buying books about photography and learning how to become a professional. But like that, that desire to capture the scene as it was, or possibly even better. And the fact that most people couldn't do it. And if I studied a bunch, I could do it. That just really lit me up because I was traveling so much in my new job. It was just, it made a lot of sense to do so. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've all kind of done it. We're all trying to like, look at the moon. You're just like, man, that, be that moon is beautiful. Right. And like try to take a picture of it on our phone. And we're just like, huh, that didn't look, it doesn't look the same. You know, you kind of walk away disappointed. You're like, okay, well, I guess I shouldn't even look at my phone. It shouldn't be trash. Just appreciate the moment. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you do want to kind of capture the moment if you can too, just because that's how we are as humans. Uh, so that's interesting. I, and I, and admittedly, like I'm not a photographer by any means, right? Like I take pictures of my kids and we take selfies and stuff like that, but right. And like, not, I understand that that is a skill. It's a talent. Um, it's a skill that you develop over time and experience just like anything else. So rolling back into the story, um, you, I think where we left off was you quit your job, you bought, you have, Camera, camera, camera equipment at this time. And then you had $2,000 in your account. And then what happened? Yeah. So I had an old beat up car that I'd gotten for $3,500. I bought it off my, my ex boss's wife. She sold me an old beaten up VW Beetle, uh, 1998 with, you know, that leaked oil like crazy. So I had to keep mm -hmm. filling that up every week. And I had like $2,000 to my name. I just bought a bunch of cameras and lenses and stupid stuff. And <laughs> with $2,000 in my name, I quit my job and I did my first art show thinking I'd be like a wild success. An art show is for, for people like me, like what is art yeah. show? Like you set up outside with some easels and stuff during okay. an event and try to sell your own art to the public for more money than it costs you to print and make it and set up. And with okay. that profit, being able to pay your bills so that you can go back and do it the next week. So this doesn't necessarily mean it's a studio. It just could be like you're setting up a, a station, wherever that is, where traffic people, where people are, right? Yeah. I didn't know any better. I was like, you know what? We're doing outdoor shows and in interior design. We do outdoor shows for art. Thinking I could transfer my initial little burst of success inside the interior design gallery to outside with Rob Public and just be the same success that I was inside. I'd made a few thousand dollars at this point with my own art. I'm like, Psh, I'm untouchable. I know everything there is to know. I'm 20 years old. Like, like I can't get any smarter than this. And I fell on my ass. I lost a ton of money. And I was like, oh, crap. So I went back to my job with my tail between my legs, begged for my job back. They said yes, but with a significant pay cut. So I worked another two months, mm. paid up some money again, and I quit again and tried to do it again and fell on my ass, but like 10% a little bit better. So this weird rebounding of like trying, failing, coming back, tail between the legs, saying like, can I get my job back? And I did different jobs throughout this. At one sure. point, I lived in England. I lived in a castle for three months, setting up a TV studio. I was also good with film and stuff. So I set up an entire media studio and trained all the people and bought all the equipment and set up all the green screens and stuff. So I did that for three months, made some money, did an art show, failed. So bouncing around for six and a half years. And it got to one January 2019, where I just gotten this horrible, devastating news that my uh, my godmother, who'd been kind of my my mentor at this point, she owned the interior design gallery, 
she she got uh, stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. So she was literally on her deathbed. It was very abrupt. She was on her deathbed, weeks to live. And, uh, you know, I'm talking to her, kind of lamenting that, you know, I hadn't been successful and like she wouldn't be there to see the success. And like, I wasn't saying that in, the, in a mean way to her, but like, like we're just talk, talking about like kind of sure. the regret that like she had been such a supporter of me and yet I hadn't like shown her to be right. She asked me this piercing question. She said, when, when was the last time you were doing well? When did you actually make money? Like, you know what? I had this one show in Nashville in 20, 2013 where I made thousands of dollars and I just kept running out of stock and it's never been the same since. She's like, why don't you go back to Nashville? I'm like, oh, but I want to be near you. You know, I want to support you. You know, you're like, you know, like, you know, we, we pretty much knew she was going to pass. And mm-hmm. like, you know, she's like, do me proud. Prove me right. Be a success before I, I pass away. And, you know, you know, prove to me that that my support of you since you were 20 years old was well-founded. Mm-hmm. And it was a really emotional decision, but I basically emailed the, the the show producers from six and a half years ago. I still had their email address. I remember it was a Hotmail account and I found them from 2013 and I emailed them. This is like early 2019 now. And they had that same spot that I'd done six and a half years ago. The price had gone up by $600 a month more, but basically they let, they invited me to stay inside a really high-end mall in Nashville and sell my art seven days a week for $2,300 a month. And I'm like, let's do it. So fast forward, I got there first day. I sold like a hundred dollars. I was like, crap, I've ruined everything. Second day though, I sold 900. Third day, I sold 1300. Fourth wow. day, I sold 1100. And I got to text her. The last exchange I ever had with her, with her was I did it. I made almost $3,000 in four days. I'm now a professional artist. And after nine or seven years of grappling and struggling with this, I'm now a professional artist and I can live fully on my own art. And the last thing she ever said is, I knew you could do this. I'm so proud of you. No, that's amazing, man. I'm so I appreciate you sharing that with with me. I, um, that's like a meaningful story, right? I got chills. Uh, it's like one of those stories that like you you read a book about, right? Or, and like it's in the story, or, or you watch the movie, and you're just like, damn, that's a success story, you know? And I know it's just like a, it's a part of your success, and that's the coolest thing. It's not like you you had like life changing money. It was it's three thousand dollars, right? But it was to you at the at the moment, it was like that was everything. Uh, that's what it sounds like to me. Totally. The, the thing that was most meaningful was I got to text her that 10 days before she passed. Yeah. And when I finally did get the news that she had passed, you know, she went out peacefully in her sleep and it was, you know, as good as it could have been. She already knew that the six years she had poured into me and coaching me and just helping mm-hmm. me was, was successful. And she could leave in peace knowing that I was doing great. And at sure. that point, I had done like almost $15,000 in my first month and just, I was off to the races. So just Crazy. knowing that I could prove her right, like she deserved before she passed, just meant the world. Like, I love like, it. We could have screwed that up by three weeks and she would have never known. But now forever, I knew that like I made her proud. Yep. And now you feel proud because you basically, when she, you, she passed and you know that like you did it before. I get it. Um, 100%, yeah. Are you, so when did, when did you, I know that's a lot and there's, we're trying to fast forward through this, this story. Um, <laughs> when did you get, when did you realize so now you're a successful seller, like in physical stores or a physical place, right? When did you transition to online? So that's a great question. So I've been kind of flirting with Etsy in 2018, like a year before this, but you know, I'd sold, you know, a few thousand dollars maybe, but like nothing, nothing reliable, nothing more than maybe, you know, 
few hundred bucks a month, but like nothing one could live on. But the spark was there, but I knew I needed to amplify it. And when I got to Nashville and started selling face-to-face, um, I started getting a ton of survey data of like people being like, oh, could you shoot this for me? Could you shoot that for me? And I started making a list and anything which came up three times or more that people would ask for, I would go out that night. I had a little old motorcycle at the time and I'd ride out uh, an hour there and an hour back every single night in between 12 hour shows. So I like I'd start at 9 a.m., end at 9 p.m., ride out with my motorcycle, park, photograph, ride back home, edit till two in the morning, get the picture ready, bring that into work tomorrow, and then call them up, show them the picture, and it would sell $100, $300, mm. $400. And so I got so much like in-depth survey data, which is quite funny, like with Everbee, it's spy software that allows you to see what the market needs and wants. Sure. Back then, it took me hundreds of hours of asking. You had to talk to people, and then you had to like experiment and be wrong and be wrong and be wrong. And then thousands of people, you know, thousands of questions and asking and surveying, compiling and Everbee kind of does it for you with the digital spy software, which is amazing. So we can just kind of cut through all that BS. But back in the day, I was doing it manually. I was doing yep. it like long form. And so I built up this great portfolio. And by the end of year one, 10 and a half full months of 2019, I had done like $160,000 in sales. Um, uh, uh, like a total. And then about $5,000 of that was on Etsy. Cool. So I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, you have like a 98% to 2% sure. online, but it's something like I had made $5,000 online uh, in 2019. That was 5,000% better than the previous year. So then COVID happened um, March 15th, no, sorry, March 18th, 2020, all the doors were locked. We were having to spend thousands of dollars a month on rent, despite us not being able to be there, uh, house rent. Mm -hmm. mall rent, just like all these expenses coming out of the account, no money coming in. And I remember I was locked up at home during, during, during lockdown. And I was like, this could be it. Like I have nothing left. I have no savings. I was kind of writing my success, reinvesting in real time, mm -hmm. thinking that anything could nice. And I was just thinking like, I might not make it out of this. I might have to go back to like interior design, but then interior design was closed down too. So I pulled the last $3,000 I had under my uh, out of the uh, out of an ATM, and I remember shoving it under my mattress. I had five five roommates at the time, um, you know, to live cheaply, and they're like my best friends. And some of them worked in my gallery and stuff. And I remember thinking, with three thousand dollars in twenties, nobody in this house is going to starve. We might get evicted from our apartment, but I think there was like mm -hmm. things stopping people from getting evicted. But I, I remember like I got three grand. They don't have anything. I have three grand. No one's going to starve. We're fine for like a month. So I knew I had a month to figure things out. Yep. So at the time, um, this book had just been released. Uh, it's called Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. Mm -hmm. He talked about like how to use social media and paid ads and YouTube and organic, and, like you know, 15 different ways to get people to come to your online store. Because I had an Etsy shop. I had an Amazon shop at this point. I had an eBay shop. But my biggest problem was I, didn't, I couldn't get enough traffic. I couldn't get enough online visitors to come in order to buy. So sure. that was like my big model next. So I read Traffic Secrets. It was all talking about like, um, you know, you can make content, you can do paid ads and it like gave formulas for how to do that. And uh, I actually joined a mastermind um, when, when the world reopened a couple months later, very slowly at first. Um, I actually found that my art sales, my gallery actually went up by like 200, like it doubled because there was a lot of easy money in the economy and all the first responders who had nowhere to shop and had all this money and they're getting extra time and stuff. 
Um, they had they had nowhere to shop and half the mall was closed, but I was like bright open. I had like bright lights on. I was like, I am here seven days a week and my sales actually doubled during that time. Oh, wow. So I used that momentum to join a mastermind, which is where you pay like $25,000 a year to get uh, coaching from like someone who's making 10, $20 million a year. And I started going to these meetings, weekly, weekly Zoom calls and going to St. Louis. Investing yourself. Yeah. You just like learning. Yeah. You're just learning from someone that's been there and done that. Yeah. Investing in myself. And I learned like how to make funnels and um, how to make my Etsy a lot better, how to make my Amazon a lot better. And um, in 2020, we did $352,000 in art sales. Wow. So a year later, like you went from 5,000 one year, I think it's 2019. I went from one for that. Yeah, I went from 161000 to 353000 okay. And the online portion of that first year was $5,000. And the second year was $10,000. Cool. So again, yeah, so nothing life-changing, but yeah. it's not in the right direction. But you also weren't focusing on that fully either, right? Like, to be fair, like, I don't think you were- 95% on- of my focus was, was sure. face-to-face, yeah. But I was still learning. I was still gathering, you know, market data. 2021, we opened multiple art, multiple locations of art galleries. We We hired seven or eight people on staff. We had four galleries at one point, and in 2021, I did uh, $700,000 in sales, but my online version of that portion of that was a quarter million dollars. Mm. So $700,000 in gross sales, but $250,000 of that was online. Okay. So there's an unlock in that that year. Um, It was a huge unlock. I finally got Facebook ads to work for me to like a funnel. Okay. Got it. Okay. And then what percentage of that was that to you think? I know you weren't focused on it too. You were focused on like direct face-to-face mixed with like probably some fun. So like funnels, which is probably like another platform, maybe Shopify or something like that. Yeah. Shopify, ClickFunnels, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, I think my Etsy income in 2021 was like somewhere between 11 and $15,000. Cool. And then maybe Amazon was another 10,000. eBay was maybe another thousand, but I didn't really focus on eBay as much as I should. Um, I started learning how to sell with email and, you know, there, there's a million different things you can do, but I've got to say the importance and the crucial use of Etsy was that's where it all started. I had never made a dime online before Etsy. Mm-hmm. And with Etsy, I was able to get open, get started, get bigger. And as my Etsy shop grew, I was then able to expand other channels like Shopify, like ClickFunnels, like. As you got better. I mean, you, you were able to get better and, and Etsy was, it sounds like it was the, it was the, it was because you had it for so long during this, all this stuff. It was quick and easy to get started. Got you some sales. Often is selling something online. There's still millions of buyers on Etsy. Yeah. I've been talking to you, like you're talking about, like there are people who are making six figures selling their art on or selling whatever on on Etsy. Like there are people making six figures on there. So Etsy is a very powerful platform. It's simple to get started. It's easy to use. It has trust built into it. If you send a stranger to a random website, they don't know if it's a scam or whatever, send them to Etsy. You've got the Etsy brand, which is a multi-billion dollar Silicon Valley uh, style Mm-hmm. huge corporation. I think it's publicly traded, yep, uh, yes. huge, huge, yeah. Huge company. That's like people know, like, and trust already. So they're like lending you the trust that you don't already have with the market. So you exactly. could be nobody, you could get started and they're, le- they're kind of endorsing you. They're, they're lending that brand and that trust. Super expensive though. You know, it's 20 cents, like super expensive, <laughs> you know, <laughs> 20 cents for a listing. And then like six and, six and a half percent. Yeah. Commissions. Whereas Amazon is 15%. Like, yep. like people love to complain about like listing fees, but like six and a half percent seller fee rather than 15% on Amazon. Yep. 
they're, they're very artist friendly. They're not constantly canceling your account or suspending your account like they are on Amazon. They're much, much more human. Messy sellers would disagree though, right there. <laughs> like I see, I see a lot of well, forums and stuff where folks get suspended, but I'm sure they'll complain until they get onto Amazon. Etsy is that's true. simpler than Amazon. More, you know, bigger buttons, easier to use, less technical mumbo jumbo, less jargon. Uh, it's just like it's like a third or a fourth grade uh, learning level versus like a high school learning level. You know, I agree with that actually because I, I came from Amazon too, and so. Um, Amazon, I remember people getting suspended left and right on Amazon, just like Etsy. Um, you know, it's not it's not really different, actually. The difference is um Amazon is way more complicated. <laughs> Etsy just Amazon, Amazon's way more complicated. And I found just just um anecdotal evidence, I found that you're a lot more likely to get suspended off Amazon for no good reason than you are on Etsy. I think Etsy is a lot more forgiving. I'll give you a great example. I had a friend who had a big Amazon store. And he wrote in one of his customer service emails, be like, hey, thank you so much for purchasing our product. We hope you have a five-star experience. And if so, please don't forget to leave us a review. That's all he said. We hope you had a five-star experience, right? Being a little crafty, kind of insinuating that you should leave a five-star review. And his entire account got suspended for weeks because of that. Wow, crazy. You know, I'd say you get away with that all day of like... I mean, I love the way that like you look at it though too. Um relate a lot is like Etsy doesn't have to be your only platform forever, yeah. right? Like it could be one sales channel for you and you could sell on other sales channels such as eBay, Amazon. And also as you get better at this whole e-commerce thing, which is by the way, a never ending learning process. Um, yeah, same. And then you could, you could treat it like it's a channel, a sales channel. It could be your main one for now, but you mm -hmm. can, as you get better, you can start to realize, okay, I could, I could actually know how to drive my, I could learn how to drive my own traffic and then you could actually build a Shopify store or a funnel or some other cool stuff. Like um, like you could be a full-time Etsy seller. Absolutely. I have tons of friends that are full-time Etsy sellers. They only sell on Etsy. But I also have friends that are similar to you. Like they're a full-time seller. And mm -hmm. Etsy is one of their channels that they sell on, as well as Amazon, Am uh, Walmart, eBay, and also their own Shopify, right? Obviously the benefits are clear, right? From, well, clear to me and you, I guess. Um, the benefits of, selling on Etsy, you already mentioned, like you have this brand, you can basically, you have Etsy brand, you already have trust built into it. Also, they drive you tr drive traffic to you in most cases, which is beautiful. If you could top, somehow optimize that. Awesome. Downside is that you playing, you're playing in their sandbox. Like yeah. they make, they make the rules. They so, keep the customer information. You can't email them, et cetera, hundred percent. Can I give this great analogy? So I do, I do webinars. Um, uh, I do webinars two or three times a, a month you know, uh, teaching people how, you know, get, get how to get started selling their art online profitably within seven days. And, you know, I have people making three, four, $5,000 a month uh, on it, selling their own art, which is so cool. So but cool. Uh, I get asked this one question, like with frustrated people, they're like, why Etsy? Why not just start up my own store? I'm like, all right, imagine this. Let's rewind 150 years ago. Uh, you're going out West and you're digging for gold. And everybody else is digging for gold. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to set up a shovel and pick store to serve the gold miners. Where should I put my store? Mm -hmm. Option A, on the high street in this little town where you know hundreds of carriages drive by every single day in front of everybody with big signs saying, Come I'm in. looking for picks and gold. <laughs> yeah, 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 looking for picks, buy one, get one free. All or right. 150 miles away on top of a snowy mountain with no roads. That, that that's option number B, uh, option B. So are you going to set up your store in the middle of the town square where everybody is or on a snowy mountain, 150 miles away? 
setting up your own store, if you've never done this before, is like setting up a, a log cabin on a snowy mountain versus in the middle of the town square. Etsy provides their own traffic. There are so few platforms that in a simple, easy, friendly way, easy to use, easy to get set up. I tell people you are insane if your first, if your first ever online endeavor is anything but Etsy. Starting with Shopify, starting with ClickFunnels, starting with Amazon, starting with eBay is frankly insane. Knowing what I know and having seen it, yeah. I'm talking about the landscape landscape photography world. Like maybe it's different for something else, but selling physical goods online, if you're not starting on Etsy, I think you're crazy. Um, sorry if that ruffles any feathers, but like it's so much simpler. It's so powerful. There's millions of customers there waiting for you. SEO is so simple, uh, you know, especially with Everbee doing the, you know, the, uh, the, the spy software like my favorite I, I just got to say my favorite feature of Everbee and what anytime I do a demo for someone like like just showing them all about Everbee because I talk about it all the time <laughs> I love that thanks man is I call it like the stealing of tags you go to your number one competitor and with one click bam it reviews it reveals all of their SEO tags so it's like you find the person in first place and then you just like you can download their playbook which is so totally and then you then you just have to offer like a better product right or a different yeah. product yeah um Better product, uh, different product, positions slightly differently, mm -hmm. broader, narrower, in more sizes, more expensive, cheaper, like just any variation of what they're doing that makes it your own, like, boom, you're, you're in, you're good to go. I love that, man. I, your analogy is golden, by the way, you know, and it's not that you shouldn't necessarily eventually, sh uh, you know, provide that shop, you know, up in the mountains in the woods, but you have to kind of have some skills. You have to understand how to build a road to that, to that mount, you know, to, to your shop. You know, have to, you have to have build Hundred percent. You got to give people people the appeal to come and to come and visit your your shop up in the mountains, right? And so, if you don't know those things yet, then you may as well just build your shop right next to the traffic source, right? Uh, just may as well do that. And you could always, by the way, move your shop in the future. Yep, that's the cool. Or thing. build a second shop. Like, <laughs> like, like, how many furniture stores do you know that have a small prime location downtown where all the traffic is, and then a bigger depot in the in the suburbs? Yep, I love this. Exactly. So it's like most Costco's, most Walmart's, most big stores, they have something slightly in the suburb. They're just out of the downtown core of every city. Okay. So you don't set up Costco in Times Square. You might have a little stand saying, hey, don't forget Costco. And then up in up in Harlem, you have a big, big three-store, three, three-floor Costco uh, for people to go to. So just as an analogy. This is great, man. Um, okay. So this is going on forever, by the way, and it's super awesome. That's why. Uh, let's let's give some value on like the landscape photographer type of person yeah. listening to this right now. They're they're what they're doing. They're they're in a lunch break. Maybe they're working their job, um, or maybe they're in between. You know, driving back from taking pictures, and they want to make a list. This they have this dream of making a living. You know, selling their art online. Maybe they have. Maybe they're a photographer, and they just finished up a client. You know, uh, you know, and they just took pictures of a client, but they had to trade their time for time for money, right? But they're like, I would love to generate this this quote unquote passive or automated type of online sales online. And they wanted specifically heard this thing about Etsy. Obviously, that's why listening to this. What can they be doing right now? And how should they be thinking about this whole journey? Yeah. So there's a couple of key frameworks that I use to teach new students how to sell their own art online. The first of all is just a knowingness that if you have some talent and you're willing to work hard, you absolutely can start a profitable business online selling your landscape photography. That is beyond doubt. Uh, I have a pool of just over a thousand students uh, at this point, like with my academy. 
and together the group, they sell more than $500,000 a month on on a ongoing monthly, month after month after month. They're doing more than a half a million dollars in sales per month. Now that's top line revenue. Obviously that's not all profit, sure. but this number is just growing and growing and growing. And seeing people retired in their 60s and their 70s, um, no idea how to do anything online, follow a guide, get five five listings up and they're making their first five, 10 sales pretty quickly is really, uh, really inspiring. So, so the first thing is not really instructional, but it's more inspirational of this is happening on a weekly basis. You can sell your own art online. So, so just you have to have the belief. The belief is number one. You have to believe that. if you don't think it's possible, it's like, don't even, don't even get you out of bed. You know, and if you, if you still, if, if what Craig, if, if what you just said, isn't enough, mm-hmm. just use Everbee and just literally type in landscape photography or something like that, landscape art or something. Type, click on anal- product analytics, sort by revenue. And yeah. that will be a no, another data point of proof of like, this is actually happening already. You're going to see 1000, 2000, $3,000 per month in revenue list each listing, right? This yeah. is just an example of the, the revenue coming through for landscape photography. And I don't study this niche, but like, I know it enough to where I know there's, there's revenue coming through for the, for these listings. Um, okay. So number one belief, got it. Yep. Number two is a great way to reduce an existing store's revenue by 80% is to top is to stop telling exciting stories around the images. You mm-hmm. can take a working store that is doing well and selling their landscape photography and you can remove the element of storytelling. Like in the description you tell an exciting story and you will reduce and I've tried this again and again and again with hundreds of different customers. You take out the story element and it reduces sales by 80%. Mm, okay. On the flip side, if you're not telling exciting stories with every single image, you could you could 5X your revenue overnight by simply telling exciting stories. Wow. Okay. And and from, that data, from that, one can derive the fact that 80% of what sells a piece of art online is exciting story. Wow. Okay. Can we dive in there for a second? Because yeah, sure. the storytelling, Etsy, how does one go about doing this? People right now just learned this and they're just like, so a description or the title? I can talk for hours about this. I've written books on the subject, but there is something called the Hollywood script. Okay. And the Hollywood script goes way before Hollywood, but it's a basic, um, it's a simplification of a formula that great authors have been using for thousands of years of what resonates with an audience. This goes back to the time of Shakespeare. He had incredibly diverse subject matter. You know, he had tragedies, he had dramas, he had comedies, he had romances, he had epics, he had old ironies where mm-hmm. it starts bad and it gets even worse, things like Hamlet, um, tragedies like Macbeth. Anyway, all of Shakespeare's very diverse work happening in all parts of the ancient world, all of these stories followed the same eight-step framework. King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table all follow this eight-step framework. All the Marvel movies, all the Marvel movies, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, um, all the Norse mythology, Greek mythology, Babylonian and Phoenician mythology, like back to like 5,000 years ago, all stories that have remained in the culture and gotten repeated thousands and thousands of times and are still here yep. follow the same basic eight-step framework. Now it's called the hero's journey. Okay. And you can do this in photography. Very, very simply, you can tell a hero's journey story about how you took a picture. 
like you want to get the shop, but then it started raining and there's like security guards in the middle blocking your way. So you didn't know what to do. You thought everything was ruined. So instead you like, I don't know, um, you know, went into a cafe and asked to get onto like the roof and they somehow they let you, they led you mm -hmm. up an elevator and you got this perfect shot of the bridge from three stories higher than all everybody else shoots it. And as a result, you got this unique view and man, you got it after thinking that it was all, all lost. That, that that very quick description hits those eight step, gotcha. eight step hero journey and it provides excitement and it makes that like human connection of the reader going from like oh cool picture maybe one day i'll get that to oh my god this is awesome wow i really connect with the author you're at it's only 200 let's do it interesting okay that's so golden right there by the way um and thank you for giving five, this example you'll 5x your sales just by telling stories in the right way where does one person tell that story what's the best in etsy in the product description. Beautiful. Literally, it, it's so underutilized. Um, every single story, of, uh, every single listing of mine has some kind of story. Interesting. I, I mean, it makes total sense to me. I mean, an artist, I'm sorry, a person buying art. Yep. Uh, I haven't bought a per, personally a bunch of art in my life, but I would say like, it's less about the picture because pictures are almost like a- They're a commodity. I already, yeah, they're a commodity. I, I know I can get them forever. But if someone told me there's some meaning behind a picture, right? Very clearly like it means a lot more to me right it definitely means a lot more to me buy a banana duct tape to the wall sold for 40 million dollars and if i duct tape a banana to the wall it doesn't mean shit because there's some kind of story now first of all i think that's a total scam but <laughs> the fact remains that jackson pollock threw some threw some paint at a wall but told a great story about how it's the you know it's the abandonment of conventional conventional mm -hmm. and it's it's you know anti um it's counterculture and it's rebellious and Jack and Paul pieces sell for $20 million on the regular. Interesting, man. Okay, so cool. Story that connects with the people. I love that. So tell a story. So belief and then, then tell the story. Um, now for now, can we get jump into some, I, I know we need to wrap this up too. Um, cause we're going on forever, but maybe some for the, for the seller that's like right now, they already have some listings going on. Maybe they've kind of created a couple of sales, a couple hundred dollars in sales. Yeah. What kind of, and they're probably, obviously it's not enough for them to live on. What's some solid metrics they should be kind of going after, right? Um, maybe not like revenue because that's that's too, you know. But what about like a conversion rate? What's like a solid, like a decent I'm, conversion? I'm happy with a half percent conversion rate, meaning okay. for every 200 clicks to a listing, I get one sale. Okay. And my average sales are over a hundred dollars. Average cart value is about 110, 115 bucks. Perfect. So average order value, average cart value, AOV, another word, yeah. um, hundred dollars. Cool. So on average, you're selling. 100, 110, anything over a hundred. Yeah. There yep. you go. So that means, do you have products that are listed for $50 and you have products listed for $200 kind of thing? They start at $39 and they go up to a thousand dollars. Cool. Depending on the size, probably. Yep. Size material, whether it's paper and it's small versus if it's like, this is an acrylic and it's big, this piece right here, uh, this is a custom piece. I don't know if you, if, if you're watching yeah. on, if you're watching five feet high by 15 feet wide, mm -hmm. that's a three panel acrylic that costs like three, $3,500 as like a custom piece. But people do re uh, request custom pieces big. So like, I'll sell that for $3,500, no problem. I pay about, I don't know, I pay about $1,100 or something like that. So I, I keep the, the 2,500 on that. So that's a 33% uh, uh, profit margin. Uh, is that kind of typically the- so Generally speaking on the paper, I get anywhere from 8X to 20X profit margin. Okay, so walk us through that for a second. Um, like profit margin, like if I, I'll pay $2 to print and ship a beautiful paper print and I'll sell it for 40. So $2 into $40 is 20X. So I'll make a 20X oh, wow. 
like a 2000% profit margin on an eight inch by 10 inch um, on a, I don't know, a two foot by three foot. So let's say this guy right here. Sorry, if you're, if you're listening on audio, sorry, I'm just pointing to a picture behind me, but that's a two foot by three foot. Let's say it's a canvas. Uh, that'll cost me maybe $30 to print and ship. And I sell it for $230. So that's okay. an, that's an eight X profit margin. Okay. So you said it cost you $30. You sold it for two thirty, So that's a $200 profit. Yeah. And Divided a 800% profit margin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you can, in other words, it's an 86% profit margin too, I guess in regards to like 80. Yeah. We're just looking at it the other way. Different, yeah. different number. It's kind of all the same. Um, we're just kind of using different terminologies, but basically it's an 86% profit margin in my head, in my terminology. Um, and what that means, that's freaking amazing, by the way. Like yeah. spent that's 10 years putting wholesale and enterprise uh, printing contracts together. And by the way, all my students, they get like 70, 80% off on their printing too, because they use the codes that I use and they so say, make sure they're getting the profit margins. Yeah. Instead of paying a hundred dollars to print it and ship it, they pay $30 and then they get to keep that extra 70 and they get to take that home to their family. I love it, man. So, um, this is super golden. Cause I mean, the majority of physical products, that's, that would be a physical product, right? We know this, yeah. um, most, physical products, you know, depending on what it is, 35, 30, 25 to 35% profit margins. You know, that means if they're selling something for $10, they're bringing in $3, you know, from that on average. Right. Um, I like, I, in I this like, case, I like 80% profit margins. Or yes. That means you're selling something for $10 and you're bringing in eight bucks, you know, in profit and profit, yeah. which is absolutely scalable. And when, when you have a higher average order value and you have a higher profit margin, that means you can spend more on Etsy ads and actually invest more and make it all make sense financially. 100%. I, I just got to say anything above $500 when we're looking at the really, really big stuff, or sorry, anything over like $800, um, I'm happy with a 3X profit margin, which would be like a 66% profit margin. But for anything under about $800, um, I'm happy with a with an 8X minimum. And then with some paper prints, I'm getting like a 20X, which is- That's perfect to say that. Yeah, I'm happy you said that. Yeah, scale, scale, sorry, profit- Profitability equals scalability. You can't scale unless you're stupidly profitable at the lower end, which means you can scale and still be somewhat profitable at the high end. I love it. Um, cool, man. Let's wrap this up. Um, yeah, let me just throw in one little piece yeah, of that. In here. Um, if, if, if I had 20 seconds to tell someone quick way to get their uh, conversion rate much higher, it's create size diagrams. Create Etsy allows you to do 12 different mockups so your picture, what does that look like over a couch, over a bed, over an armchair, uh, over a coffee table, over, uh, I don't know, over an office desk, over a reception desk in an office, just make 13 images in different size, 13, you know, there's a bunch of apps you can use. I actually personally have my own custom app uh, to do this for my students, but you can use any, any uh, app. There's free apps, there's paid apps. You can also do it on Photoshop, but create a system of 12 or 13 different sizes and clearly mark them in big labels. Say, this is a two foot by three foot. This is a three foot by four foot. And make sure the ratios actually add up. There's morons online who have like a 16 inch by 20 inch tiny picture and they make it look like it's 10 feet long. Like, don't do that. You know, you'll get a bunch of bad reviews and people will be pissed off and asking for refunds. So make sure they're accurate. But making 12 diagrams with big labels. Everybody forgets the labels. They'll do this like this big mansion looking place with this huge picture and they'll forget to say how big this is. And oh, actually I don't offer this size. And then what are you doing making a yeah, yeah, yeah. diagram? So diagrams in diverse places that would fit in most people's homes. 
i.e. not a $10 million Miami mansion, do an actual normal house. It can look like a nice house, but just make it an actual person's house and be overly big with, <laughs> sorry, that's not very beautifully stated, but be overt and obvious with the labels. Don't hide the labels, make them big and fat. Let them know this is a 30 inch by 40 inch. This that's is golden. a 12 by 18, et cetera. Golden man. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Craig Alexander Photography on Instagram. Um, I don't know if you can like link up some show notes. Um, Absolutely will. I will link to all, 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 all link, Craig, I'll, I'll, I'll link to everything. So I'll link to your, um, if you have a webinar, I'll get that from you. Um, sure. if you have, uh, just writing a book, um, website, just, I'll link to your book as well. I just got the, uh, I just got the printed version, but, um, you can get a PDF transcript of the entire book totally free that I can give you. And there's some really cool, uh, links to like resources that you can find inside the book and if you want to know more about the hero's journey and what those eight steps are and how to do it uh, i've got an entire chapter devoted to the hero's journey I've got a whole thing about how to do the mock-ups what are the most the best-selling sizes so that you don't have to like think up on your own and just all the common problems you're going to run into selling your own art the the ebook uh, just kind of addresses all those in sequence awesome man. very cool well really appreciate you coming on yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, it's a blast. And seriously, um, you provide so much value, obviously, to our audience, but obviously to the community. And then, um, yeah, man, I'm just, it, it, I just learned a whole bunch, right, about landscape, landscape photography, but also just about like just selling an Etsy in general. Like I was, I'm always a student, a lifelong like student as well. And I just, I pulled away some nuggets here. Um, so thank you again. Absolutely. And just, if I could leave the audience with one thing, it is possible. I know I said this at the beginning, but it's so easy to gloss over this. This is 2023, we have the internet. Prior to like 40 years ago when the internet really became big, prior to 40 years ago, information was passed on by osmosis. One person told another person, another person told the next person, and slowly information would spread in a predictable manner. Now, you know, I don't know, Elon Musk can send a rocket to the moon in Hawaii and we know about it on Twitter 10 seconds later and we can make decisions, we can make conclusions on the world within 10 seconds. So the speed at which art is becoming a viable career opportunity that you can actually feed your family with and make $50,000, $100,000 a year selling your art online and devoting your life to the craft of photography or art or whatever that passion is, is more realistic. It is realistic and it becomes easier and easier and easier every single year. If anybody ever tells you that, oh, photography is saturated, art online is saturated, it is the most unsaturated market of all time. You go to any rich resort area like Lake Tahoe in California, Aspen in Colorado, you know, the Florida Keys, Miami, any of these places, you know, Banff up in uh, the, the Canadian Rockies, any of these places where rich people go to to have leisure, look around, there are art galleries all over the place. People are spending tens of thousands of dollars on a single piece of art. You go online and almost nobody is selling art, except a few key people who know what the hell they're doing. You can be armed with those tools to know what the hell you're doing so that you can start to eat some of that market share that is so underrepresented online. So if anyone tells you it's saturated, the exact opposite is true. It is the most virgin territory that is untouched by even successful art galleries who don't know how to sell online. Man, you got me excited. I'm about to go sell some art online too. Yeah, man. You live in San Diego. <laughs> it's like one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Yeah, <laughs> Seriously. Oh man. Awesome, Craig. Thank you again, man. Oh, this is awesome.
Cool. Let's have you on again, um, by yeah. the way, soon. And we can dive into more details because there's a whole bunch of value in there that we didn't even get out of your brain. I love it. Sounds good. Cool. See you okay. then. See you.